What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 77 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored by Stereo Brain Records. I am your host slash your boy, Chris Pugh, and I am joined, as ever, by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Mate, on this Deathcore Friday, how are we? Oh, I'm very well today. I'm very well. I'm very well today. Mate, what a Deathcore Friday it is. We've had oh, few Deathcore Fridays like this. <laughs> We've had a few Deathcore Fridays, but not quite... Not quite this level of, of Deathcore Friday. This is um, this is this is gonna be a special conversation. I think it really is, mate. Uh, we are a fortnightly rock and metal podcast. Uh, we are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcast. Me and Sam will be there. The best way to support us is to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube or whichever service you are using, uh, like or follow, that is the best way to help us out. Me and Sam are also available on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Me and Sam both run that account. As you can see by the title of this episode, this is our review of Costalon, the new record from Slaughter to Prevail. It is out on August 13th via Sumerian Records. It's the Russian Deathcore Act's second full-length record and the follow-up to 2017's Misery Sermon. Well, Sam, as we get, we're going to get straight into this. So, it's been a while since I remember a band in Deathcore having the amount of excitement and hype around them that Slaughter to Prevail have. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the most hype I felt around a Deathcore band since The Artist Murder did Holy War. And that was 2013, I think. I would agree. I think um, as well, lead single Demolisher is the most hyped and internet famous deathcore song since yeah. Reign of Darkness. Oh, mate, easily. That Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, you look at the statistics for Demolisher and what that track has pulled in. It's like 14 million listens on Spotify, 10 million views on YouTube. It's so big that there's um, a channel on YouTube called Carvadox Academy. It's a guy that kind of uh, does vocal reactions, but only yeah. specifically looks at the vocalist. His reaction video to Demolisher is a million views. The reaction video is a million views. That that speaks to the absolute grand size that Slaughter to Prevail have become. And I've got to say, they market themselves brilliantly, the way they use Facebook, the way they use YouTube. Alex Terrible, the vocalist, He's got his own like, kind of YouTube covers channel, which is where his kind of fame came from. And they're, they're really, really market savvy, slaughter to prevail. They're, the, they're, kind of, they're kind of like viral malevolence in the sense of malevolence market themselves really, really well. Really good merch, really good interaction with the fan base. Slaughter to prevail do both of those things, but on a much much grander scale. Honestly, Sam, I've not known a deathcore band like this since Thy Artist Murder in terms of hype, excitement, people just tending to know who they are. It's um, it's really interesting, isn't it? Of all the deathcore bands that we love, and we were talking about Lorna Shaw on our last episode and their brilliant new EP, no deathcore band, to my knowledge, is, is of the size, impact and hype of Slaughter to Prevail. No, I also I also have massive respect for them because a lot of the initial hype was the shock value yeah. of his voice and not actually the content of the band. As yeah. as these things that become internet sensations, it's all it was all very superficial at the start. Mm. And the fact that they were Russian seemed to add this like extra level of like evil 
to it. Yeah, yeah. Like this, there's this like reputation about Russia and Russian bands and Russian people, and the the two things kind of coalesced to make this kind of unique, um, uniquely compelling and enticing internet image. But the fact is that they have gone beyond that, right? That they have they have actually graduated from that internet sensation to be taken seriously as a band. Um, I don't know if you were into metal during this period of time, but I'm sure now you'll know about it sort of looking back. There was a period of time when Devil Driver were like massively internet famous yeah, because of yeah. the Circle Pit stuff at Download. Yeah. And there were there was these like multi-million video, um, view of videos of like the massive walls of death that they would do. And it wasn't because people were massively into Devil Driver, but they, they created this internet fad mm. and developed this reputation of, oh my God, Devil Driver are the heaviest band ever. And like, if you go to them, it's going to be... And, and it's that... But they never graduated beyond that. No, the Devil Driver have never been looked at as like one of the all-time great metal bands for its you know, generation, genre, whatever. They've never had that like long-term appeal. Slaughter to Prevail have a chance to graduate and have taken what their internet fame is because there's TikToks about Demolisher and like things like that, and it's it's graduated their image but they have a chance to move from it and be looked at as a great band in their own right. Um, this is this is a remarkable release. With with what we've said, Sam, you can't help but go into this record with really high expectations, can you? Because no, this true. this really had to hit. I've not I actually listened this to... This to be very good. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I thought if I come out of this, it's any less than eight. Out of ten, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. I mean, I've not listened to Misery Sermon, their previous record in full. I've heard bits and bobs, so I, you know, it's difficult for me to know what what sort of prevail would perform over twelve consistent tracks. And I, because of Demolisher, because of the fame Demolisher has, you were mentioning there's even TikToks about Demolisher. It is literally everywhere, all over alternative subculture. Demolisher is mentioned because of its insane brutality. And what I I mentioned this week about Lorna Shaw and their song to the Hellfire, I was worried going in, I hope this isn't Demolisher featuring other tracks with breakdowns. Do you feel like Costalon is Demolisher featuring other tracks with breakdowns, or is it something more than that? No, I think it's something more than that. Um, I think it's, I think it's a terrific release. I really, really do. Um, I, I, th I think that they show um, an element of depth and songwriting outside of the um, tried and true blueprint of Deathcore. The lies a real intelligence here and i think listening to a couple of these a couple of these tracks in particular there were moments where i was thinking that not only do they sound like a deathcore band there are moments where i'm thinking all right this is a bit of cold orange okay yeah man. Slipknot. Mm. um um okay it's a bit of deftones um a bit of loathe on some of them some of the more melodic moments later on down the album um and that 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 shows a real depth and songwriting beyond what i expected there to be which was at some point he's going to say something in Russian and the breakdown is going to happen and I'm going mm. to want to throw myself out of a window yeah. in just pure violent rage. And that, that happens three or four times throughout this album. But the, 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 the real thing that I think separates it is, is the songwriting. If you look at the, if you look at the opening track to start with, I think that shows the dichotomy that we're talking about. Bone breaker. 
if you talk with bone break you know it starts in in a way that i would have absolutely expected it to start <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah because they do that brilliant thing where he, it's like a countdown isn't it and then the last one is him in that demonic voice yeah and it's and it just kicks in and it's utterly brutal but there's 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 a there's a vibe to the the, the like it rushes on and crushes on but there's actually a depth to some of the riffs and there's a there's a there's a real songwriting structure where I actually start thinking, all right, there's an ang- anxiety and there's a tension being built here in some of these songs along through some of these crushing breakdowns. Where I was thinking in that opening track, oh, it sounds a bit like King Eight Ten, um, when it's sort of like you know King Eight Ten, but sort of obviously the volume turned way up. Um, but that kind of like that kind of malice, yeah, but with with like a depth to it as well. Where I didn't just feel like it was just waiting around for the breakdown. They felt like a genuine song there. And then of course they've got the breakdown, they've got the growl. And that just feels like a gear that they can go to at any time that no other band can really compete with. It's like this it's like their Mortal Kombat fatality. You know what I mean? It's like that that last thing that they can just at any point they can just flick a switch. He turns on his 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 other voice, this demonic growl, and they just turn into a completely different band. It's like a nose switch. But in in the midst of that. There's some songs of real, real depth here. Now, obviously, Demolisher speaks for itself. Um, but you listen to Baba Yaga, the third song, mm. and there's a bit of death tones on the chorus. There's like a hypnotic opening. Um, it didn't it didn't just feel really big and heavy. It felt special. It felt like um like they would actually like gravitate into a larger audience, a larger crowd, and doing stuff that I just didn't even consider. There's like melodic repeated. Uh, now it's at the end there's really uh, beautiful guitar work just really phenomenal um and those opening two or three songs showed really within 10 minutes a grand range of a band that are so much more than an internet fad and i I expected it to be heavy i expected it to be to be really really good my my, my low expectation for this was it was just going to be like a seven to eight out of ten you know sort of fist pumping sort of breakdown heavy um album but by the third track, I heard enough depth, enough songwriting, enough real structure and real attempt at a broader horizon from a band that didn't have to, that, that, that actually starts to set it apart for me for some of the other death metal releases I've heard so far this year. What about yourself? Well, you mentioned Slipknot and Code Orange there when you were first opening up. And I, I would like to say that this is, for me one of the few albums I've ever heard that gets close, doesn't quite match, but gets close to matching Slipknot's percussive sound. I think the drummer, Evgeny Novogov, I think he's the best member of the band. And he's got the best drum sound in Deathcore he has. It's kind of like, you know, in Parkway Drive, Winston is the star of the band. He's got the star power, the you know, that kind of front man ownership crowd in the yep. palm of his hand 24/7. But everyone knows Jeff is the best musician. Everyone knows Jeff's the best musician. But and I think I think similarly here, Alex Terrible has got the persona, the domineering characteristic, the crowd in the palm of his hand, that demonic this world demonic growl that turns tracks that were really heavy into absolutely monstrous. But I think Evgeny Novogov's the best member of the band. The drum sound on this album is absolutely unbelievable. And when it really clicked for me, that I thought yeah, okay, I think the drummer's the star of the show here, was on Savali Abala. 
Now that was that's a single anyway, so I'd heard it before. But in context to the rest of the album, that's when he listened to it in one full sitting. That's when it really started to click to me, mate. He's a he's amazing, and he's a, a dude. I can't get over his drum sound. I don't know how they've done that. His snare is so so tight. It's it is um it's absolutely amazing. In terms of my grander thoughts of the album, I think this is a great, great deathcore record. There's no two ways about it. I went in with really high expectations, but also with a slight fear that I kind of opened the question to you of, do you feel like this is Demolisher featuring other breakdowns? And you said no. I went in with the fear that this might be in the sense of, you know, usually a comedy film, its best jokes are in the trailer, right? And then you, you go to watch the comedy film and it's like, oh, the best jokes are in the trailer. I was worried going into this, like, I hope that Demolisher isn't its best joke. Do you know what I mean? And it yeah. turns out, Sam, that it's not, because Made in Russia, the breakdown... The breakdown... Best song on the album. Yeah, yeah, it's the best song on the album. And, the mate, the breakdown that finishes that song... I, Unbelievable. I can't, like... Unbelievable. I was listening, like, my... I feel like my brains are going to come out my ears. Like I was like, "What is going on?" But, but it's it's a real riff as well. Yeah, but yeah. It's, proper. Not, it's not just a breakdown. It's just it's an actual riff that you could hum, and it's yeah. so heavy and groovy. And the this is the thing the, the thing as well. Sorry, sorry to jump jump in there. No, go on, it's please. Their, it's it's their awareness and ability to manip- manipulate rhythm and groove alongside the pummeling brutal stuff. Because they could do the blast beats, they could do the fast paced stuff, they could do the standard breakdowns. But there's a real beating thumping listenable groove to this a breakdown if you can sing that is, is is rare man yeah man um really really terrific that isn't just monotonal that is the best song on the album for me i love that song well one of the reasons why i love that song so much as well is that it it's build and tempo shifts are really unusual because the 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 trap can't the, the track kind of loops through slow builds from verse to verse and it's really hard to keep up with the actual pace changes and then towards the end you hear that there's like this moment where like um like a bullet drops on the floor and the track just morphs from this from what was a heavy metal track in the choruses and where the verses were building to that all of a sudden it morphs into this absolute deathcore army of shots and the breakdown that comes through with alex's scream is unbelievable like, like honestly like i couldn't believe it and that I loved it so much because they they've not put that out as a single on purpose. They specifically chosen to keep that. I mean, obviously, as we record this, there's a week until the album comes out, so they might drop it as another single. But I like the idea of what happened to me, which is I thought Demolisher was, you know, they, they showed us their best Arsenal before the album came out. Actually, if you're listening to this and you're a massive Slaughter to Avail fan and you think the best moment of the album is going to be Demolisher. It's not. The breakdown I made in Russia, you are going to lose your mind when you hear it because it's absolutely astonishing. I also loved Sam Ouroboros because, mate, how different is that to the rest of the album? It's got like, um, it's like a space riff. It's got like space kind of a techno sound. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's got that sort of like fading in and fading out sort of vibe. But yeah. then it kicks into a groove that again, you can tap your feet to. Like it immediately just pushing an intensity. It, but it was really, really sort of impressive. Um, but uh, as well as that, 
that guitar break halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where it's, it's, it just stops and you just hear like, oh, because that, that, that was like the final piece for me. And they were shown in the last two, the well, the, the, the second to last song, Head on a Plate and, and, and a Robber Ross. Show, I was thinking, all right, okay, where's the where's the guitar? Where's the technical mastery? Is that, that going to be there as well? Yeah. And then those two songs that appears and that, that guitar break, that high-pitched sort of uh, riff going around it. And then on Head on a Plate was like an at-the-gate song at the start because of the the sort of like the punishing sort of high-pitched, high-noted um, guitar work with sweeps. And just incredible guitar work once again and that's where it's like again they're not just demolisher but they're not even the demolisher style on on its own no they're not no. even like demolisher in nine songs that are like b-grade versions of that they're like every every part of the metal canon i feel like i'm repeating myself after the lord ashore uh, review a little bit but in the way that Lord of Shaw last week showed us that, oh, not only are we good at this we're good at this 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 and this as well and i feel that slaughter to prevail have done that they're because they've they've written songs with depth, songs with legitimate melody and choruses, um, songs with some real songwriting anxiety, intention, and atmosphere, on top of the brutality that we've come to expect, and also there's an element of like progressive technicality in conjunction with that. It's this this is what we talk about when we talk about special in this genre, is when when we hear bands that are all rounders that can do the whole canon of the death metal tropes and slaughter to provide just ticking them off as they go because every every element of this is just a wonderful example of something great within the metal genre i'm so so impressed well you mentioned something there about when the solo comes in and i think the first solo that you hear on the album is on agony which is like the sixth track now as brilliant as it is when you hear that solo turn up and it's like, wow, they've literally done everything. <laughs> Cause, but dude, I wasn't missing them. Now that is unusual because me no, and you no, love, no. me and you love a solo, but I wasn't missing them up to that I point. I was glad it was there, but I wasn't yeah. looking out for it. It's just another tick box. It's just yeah. another box ticked. And dude, you know, I've, I've got to talk about the drummer again. On I Killed a Man. You will you will understand and appreciate this much more than me oh, being no, the drummer. Don't. There's these moments where he drops in these like little grey cymbal fills, and he, I'm I'm listening to it. I was like, that is so so clever. How he's adding that in because that song's got a real like rith like rhythmic punch to it, and he adds like a real technicality to the like the cymbal fills as he goes across the kit. Mate, how brilliant is he? He's amazing. He is, he is, he is tremendous because it. This is, the, this is what I always talk about because I expect a great metal drummer to be able to play thirty second notes with his feet. I expect to hear the machine gun kick drums. I expect to hear the the triplet fills. I expect to hear pretty 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 much the sort of like all across the kit, all the stuff underneath his feet, everything else. It comes it comes with the territory. You're not in a deathcore band if you can't do that. Um, but. What I'm what I'm massively impressed by is the little 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 technical moments in between where it shows that he's got real flair, and and I I killed a man is is, is an example of that, um, because if you listen to listen to pretty much everything on this, uh, if you listen to the, the the drums at the conclusion of Head on a Plate, where they have a breakdown and it stops for his fills, and then it kicks back into a completely different rhythm entirely for the for the final breakdown as well. It's just it's just it's just extraordinary. Um, 
because it, it even on even on something like even on something like Demolisher, you listen to the breakdown in the middle. That's that's perfectly fine. But it should be worth it should be worth mentioning that in between in between the guitar notes, he's doing the cymbals, and he's 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 flamming the sort of the sla- the the splashes and the riot cymbals as, in addition to some of his fills. And it's just it's just it's it's just extraordinary, um, because it comes with this machine gun like intensity with his snare and his kick work, but with like a real a real awareness of fill work as well. As well, it's re- it's really ex- extraordinary. Really I epic. I also love Bratva because it's got this kind of action action movie film score intro. But then I felt that was like a parody of what people thought about Russia. Do you know what I mean? It felt <laughs> yeah. it felt like they were like all the Russian stereotypes just sort of mixed into one. Well, mate, when Alex comes in, he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Alex the Terrible," and he does that absolutely like, scarring growl after. That has to be the song they use for the start of their encore. Like they have to come <laughs> back out to that song for the start of their encores. They have to just that that like, action movie score intro. The ladies and gentlemen, listen to Alex the Terrible. The big massive growl and the huge chunking rhythm riff that comes in behind him. That has to be. And we haven't actually really mentioned. We, we've we've nodded to, but we haven't specifically mentioned the guitarist yet. Uh, Jack Simmons on lead. Man, like seriously, Unreal. some of some of the moments, some of the like textural implements that he puts through on this record, really, really, really brilliant. And then, mate, Dmitry Mamadov, the rhythm guitarist, with with a balanced sort of avail. Rhythm is so so important to what they're trying to get across. That slaughter to prevails heaviness. Obviously, Alex, if he did his, if he did his massive. Alex the Terrible Growl for 45 minutes, we'd be bored after 20. So he has to mix it up yes. and do different things. But the album remains this massive, huge, like relentless punch because the rhythm of this album is so brilliant because of the drummer and because of the rhythm guitarist. Um, I also loved, Sam, how the final song, Father, didn't just stay true to form to the record and this whole album is like a metaphorical UFC fight from start to finish, just relentless. I was really hoping, I was like, I hope Father at the end isn't this kind of like melancholic, slower, like broader spectrum song. And it's not. It's just another, it's another absolute relentless fist fight. It, man, this album is um, is a special, special release in Death Come On. It's, it's one of those moments where like you want it to be, you want it to go well so badly that you, you worry that Anything less than brilliant will seem like a letdown. But this is a brilliant record, man. This is man, Deathcore, dude. Well, that that's the, what's that's happening. The like where it's crazy. Where, this is now where the, where the where the genre is moving uh, now. Um, and we tweeted about it, talking about how excited we're looking for sort of value. I tweeted about it, looking about Lorna Shaw and sort of value the day. Is that there's a chance that sort of and Lorna Shaw is like a two-headed monster for Deathcore for the yeah. next four to five years. And we're having arguments about their albums in, yeah. the, in, the, in the same way that you would have done about like Trivium and Bullet for Valentine and the new album were American Heavy Metalcore yeah, and, and Metallica and Megadeth years beforehand. There's a chance that they could be that for Deathcore. Um, and I think... I think um, if you're... 
if you're CJ at a fire artist murder, the gauntlet's been laid down, mate. Mate, you're, I was I was thinking are, about this. You are, you are no longer by far the greatest deathcore vocalist of all time. Yeah. They, 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 like this is this is this is different. This is this is like this this is a different world entirely. This is you know, this is Tyson and Ali at the, at the moment. Like you might be the you might be the greatest, but this is like, I've never seen anything as terrifying and physical and violent as this. And that that's that's what it feels like. The gaunt has been laid down for Thought to take their crown back. Because I really I think like let's let's treat greatest deathcore band or best deathcore metal band like a WWE title belt. Um for five or six years, um Diotis Murder were like the Undertaker. Yeah. Like yeah. every 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 year they turned up and they were just the best. They every yeah. year they toured they were the best. Every year every album that came out there was nothing like it. And and now there's like a whole crop of of deathcore bands that are younger and exciting and more athletic and all this sort of stuff. And the the belt the belt is no longer just a given to be thigh arts and I think that's fantastic for the genre, um, because me, me and you, I remember, I remember the conversations me, me and you had on the last Thyatis Murder album. And you were like, "Can they do this forever?" And I was like, "They can if they want. They could just be Cannibal Corpse uh, for fifteen years if they want to be." Um, but now that now the nature of the game has changed a little bit, where Thyat might need to might need to ramp it up a little bit in terms of the intensity, because what other these other bands are, are capable of doing and the the musicianship and some of the songwriting that we're seeing and some of the, the ambition and the variety that we're seeing in some of these songs. Um, this is, this is a new world and I'm excited to see what impact it has on some of the more um, established uh, deathcore bands. Well, you made a tremendous point there and I'd like to follow that up with, if we rewind 10 years ago, at the forefront of deathcore at the early 2010s, was Diartis Murder, Whitechapel, the Acacia Strain, Suicide Silence, Suicide Silence, All Shall Perish, right? At that point, we would have been talking about where can this go from here? It's already the heaviest thing in the world. Where can this really go? Interesting, mate, that 10 years later, Sword to Prevail, Lorna Shaw, Brand of Sacrifice, three unbelievable deathcore bands that have released unbelievable pieces of music this year. They sound nothing like Whitechapel, Diaries, Murder, The Acacia Strain, and Suicide Silence. Which I think is fascinating, considering I'm confident that if we were doing this podcast 10 years ago, we would have been like, Deathcore's amazing, right, but where can it go? It's it's so heavy. How can anything ever be heavier than Reign of Darkness by Diaries, Murder? But look at us now, 10 years later, Deathcore is completely different. Brand of um, Sort of Vale sound nothing like any Deathcore band from the early 2010s, and that's amazing. That's brilliant. I think I think the interesting thing is about death metal is it it continues it continually adjusts and tweaks, but it actually really I think sways backwards and forwards between disengaging with traditional metal tropes like guitar based stuff and and solos and technicality, and then it goes away from that for five years where it's like we're just breakdowns, it's just drums, it's just beatdowns, it's just percussion, it's just growls, it's just slow. And then it comes back and then it goes back to, oh, now it's thrashy, now it's fast paced, now it's up tempo, mm. now it's guitar solos. And then and then it switches again. And then you get and then you get what we're getting at the moment now is bands that are picking the best things that were happening in Deathcore in twenty ten with some of the better things that were happening in New Death Metal in twenty fifteen, where things were going like in a more technical direction, a more guitar solo led direction. 
Um, and then even 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 actually cherry picking some metalcore, some metalcore bits like, um, and we're getting some of those invested now. And and that's what's happening is really, we've heard every single metal trope already, just separately. What mm. Slaughter to Prevail and um, Lorna Shore are doing is they're mixing it in a different way. There's a different concoction of it. Um, it's a little bit of thigh art here with a little bit of After the Burial here and a little bit of Shadow of Intent here, a little bit of Brand of Sacrifice here, and then it's all concocting together. We've not heard that specific cocktail at the moment, and that's what Lorna Shore appeared to be, and that's what Slaughter to Prevail appeared to be with this like addition of of the of like the Russian linguist sort of section of it, where it just sounds so alien and interesting. Um, in five in five years, somebody's going to take Lorna Shore and Slaughter yeah, Prevail and yeah. Shadow of Intent and mix it in a different way and and tweak it, and 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 we're going to be like. Oh, oh my God, this is just incredible how metal has been able to do this because the musicianship in metal is better than any other genre on average, I think. Um, I think the average metal musician in a signed popular metal band is better. Give me that average musician over any average musician in any other genre, and I mean that. Um, outside, outside of, like, orchestral musicians who are, like, classically trained, so if, like, you're the average musician for, like, the San Francisco Orchestra, I get it, you're different world but mainstream music they're the best yeah and their ability to tweak and reimagine what mere mortals like us consider to be unimaginable and untweakable is the reason why metal will continue to evolve and continue to push forward and bands like slaughter to prevail and lorna shore keep this going until 2028 at which point there'll be another band that makes us think that Lorna Shore and, and Slaughter to Prevail sound a little bit aging and then they'll come back and yeah. do a reunion tour and we'll be buzzing about it and they'll play the 20th anniversary of Demolisher and we'll be punching each other and that's and that's that, that's the glory of that's the glory of metal um I'm just incredibly excited that every few years nothing seems to get stale it just gets reimagined um and I, I there's a future there's a future man where it's like art with shadow of intent with slaughter to prevail and there's there's the genre is getting big enough now where you can actually see large tours taking place with these bands grouping yeah. together and i think that could be a monstrously good thing for the genre moving forward well mate 14 million listens for demolisher 14 million to deathcore song it's only been out a year 10 million views on youtube's deathcore song you know it, it's it's so exciting to 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 drill it back Rain into of this Darkness record. Has 21 million. Round Us has twenty one million in ten in ten years, nine years, twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking nine years, 21, 21 million. Demolishers fourteen million in one year. It's crazy. This is a this is a special moment for Deathcore. This is a is a fantastic fantastic Deathcore record. Slight pessimism from me here that may be unnecessary, and you can tell whether this is unnecessarily pessimistic. No bounds about it. This is a great Deathcore record. This is... Like, I was certain that there's no way there's going to be a better Deathcore record than Brand of Sacrifice's Lifeblood this year. I don't know whether this is better. It's certainly one that's going to make me have that thought and conversation. I suppose, Sam, if I'm going to be pessimistic for a little bit and just stop being... You know, remove myself from my own excitement... A lot of this record is, of course, built around how brutal and extreme it sounds. And I'm not sure that moving forward they're going to be able to deliver that same shock and awe value again. Because if in two years' time they release a new album where the lead single goes for that demolisher style of brutality, I don't think they'll ever be able to exceed 
the level of brutality on Demolisher. You know, me and you went up the Empire State Building. It was amazing. And we'll never go up the Empire State Building ever again because it just wouldn't be as good as that time we went up the Empire State Building. So I, I do... The only slight bit of pessimism for me here is this is so brutal, so over the top, so brilliant that the, the, the follow-up to this is very, very difficult to write. I'm probably looking unnecessarily far into the future. In the here and now, this is brilliant. It's exciting. It's exactly what Slaughter to Prevail fans are going to want this album to be. It's exactly what I want the album to be. Am I unnecessarily pessimistic or am I using a, a smart bit of realism there? I think I think I can understand you. I can understand your realism, but I think that if if this album was monotonal. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with you, but I think there's enough here in terms of the depth of the songwriting to suggest that if they wanted to expand on any of these other elements that we've heard of the songs that have been hinted at, they could do that. Um, I think. I think there's enough examples of melody and technicality and depth here that if they actually wanted to plant those seeds and grow those and do an album more in that direction, that would be absolutely fine. Um, they've, they've experimented some atmospherics here that could go in a cold orange direction if they wanted to and sort of leave traditional deathcore behind and just combine some of their brutality in a, in a, in a different kind of way if they wanted to. Um, I think you, I think your question, your thought assumes that it needs to, that it needs to be better and more shocking. It doesn't necessarily. It, um, if they release an album in three years, that's as good as this why why you know what i mean that would be mm. that would be terrific mm. and yeah I, that yeah you, you don't have that first impression but that could be that the same the same could be said for any 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 great band because the first impression is always the most exciting when you when you listen to that band the first it's always always terrific it's what debut albums are so so very excited and so incredibly lauded um i think that there's there's always going to be a natural difficulty of how are they going to top that but I think there's an assumption that they're going to go into the studio in two and a half years and try to do the same thing. I don't. Yeah, maybe I, not. I don't. I don't think that they're going to do that. Yeah. Um. I think that they think, like, there's 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 moments on this where there's like real choruses that he that they attempt to do some melodic vocals on. There's some 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 moments of like down tempo atmospheric stuff and and they've experimented with some some differing ideas here. They could go in that direction if they wanted to. Um. And they could mix that in with the with the traditional blueprint of slaughter to prevail stuff that we we're, we're now clearly very much enjoying. Um, it's 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 a case of waiting to see, but at the, at this moment, it's worth just celebrating what it is at, at this moment as well. And Absolutely, Death, Deathcore has never looked has literally never ever looked this healthy. No, it hasn't. This is this is the best Deathcore has ever looked, in my opinion. I'm incredibly excited for the future. There's just this absolute well of bands just streaming through through the ranks and what a position Deathcore is in. This record's brilliant. It's everything that it needed to be. I wasn't disappointed in this record in the slightest. Slaughter to Prevail have absolutely brought it when it mattered. This album is not just Demolisher featuring other breakdowns. Just wait till you hear Made in Russia and wait till you hear the atmospherics and space tones on Uroboros. This is a really, really brilliant Deathcore release at a time where Deathcore bands just seem to be delivering time and time and time again. 
Who have we got an album this brilliant only, what, three weeks after Cognitive's Malevolent Thoughts of a Hastened Extinction? And me and you were, like, foaming at the mouth over that album, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Uh, now, obviously, this is, in a different, this is a different type of deathcore, but deathcore nonetheless, and brilliant nonetheless. Just, honestly, hit after hit after hit in deathcore at the moment. Absolutely. Such an exciting time. That is going to uh, bring the, our review of Cost Alarm to an end. Thank you very much for listening. Remember to subscribe or follow or like, depending on whichever service you are using. That is the best way to support us. Follow us on Twitter at Noise Podcast. Me and Sam both run that account. We are going to be back. Uh, ooh, I forgot the date. <laughs> it's going to be what we. What, I was going to release this on the 10th of August, but I might release this early, actually. We will definitely be back at the very least on the 17th of August. I need to check the release schedule and see what we've got to chat about on the 17th. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Listen to Costlon when it comes out. Boy, it's amazing. Sort of to have absolutely smashed it. So excited for Deathcore. We are going to be back on the 17th of August. Thank you very much for listening. We love you. Bye. <laughs>